Hello, everyone. How are you? This is ex-governor from California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Here to let you guys know that on Geek Vibes Live, we are the best show ever to be around. So just get down and listen to Geek Vibes. I'm going to hand it back to my friend, Dane. Well, thank you, Arnold. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate that uh, that shout-out. That was a really awesome shout-out to have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going out there at Geek Vibe Nation? This is your host, Dane, and that's definitely Jawan laughing because I know his laugh by now. Um, <laughs> we have an awesome show tonight, and I'm trying to hold it in right now, but, like, it's starting to get derailed this quickly. Isn't that great? So this should be a fun night. Uh, talk about movies, comic book-themed things, and hopefully another celebrity will pop up. Who knows? All right. So uh, first of all, I want to um, congratulate Kanan, who's also obviously joining us tonight. Uh, tonight, basically on Twitter, he posts a uh, very known, I think in the geek community, uh, fan cast picture of Bryce Dallas Howard as Poison Ivy to her, and she responded and said, holy moly, and then retweeted it. Now, for us, that's a big deal, because we're sad, and all of us live in our grandmother's basement. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> Chill what happens. But, Tayden, uh, give me some um, some content on what happened. Yeah, I just happened to be, you know, thumbing through the internet, and I found the picture, and was just blown away by how detailed it was. And so, I posted it, and tagged her in it, and it got her attention, and she seemed to be, you know, pretty impressed, blown away by the uh, by the picture. If you haven't seen it, you can go to the Twitter page. It's at Geek Vibes Nation. You can see her response. You can see the picture. It's getting a lot of uh, pickup. A lot of people are retweeting it. A lot of people are commenting, and so forth. So far, it's got a lot of positive buzz. Um, I'm I'm pretty glad that people are responding so well they're actually like on board they're like even tagging warner brothers and jeff john saying you know let's make this happen let's get her in that role so i'm on board she gets my vote um you know what do you guys think Jawan, how do you feel about all this i'm still just uh shocked that arnold schwarzenegger made a an appearance <laughs> on our show um <laughs> Oh my God! Why'd you come to me? Um, no, all jokes aside, uh, Kanan, that was huge, man. Uh, Geek Vibes Nation is <clears throat> is a whole new regime, and we are doing great things like reaching out to, you know, people like Bryce, having her retweet and like and get it out there. And, and Arnold. I just want to state this: and Arnold, yes, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can't forget that. Um, I do want to state that if anyone hears anything from any major news uh, source within the next few days or a week where it says anything about her possibly being Poison Ivy, just know that we sparked that. We didn't necessarily start it because technically the artwork did. We sparked it by getting her to see it and retweet it and like it. So I want to give a shout-out to the artist. I want to give a shout-out to Kanan and definitely Arnold Dana Nager. And, um, yeah. It has a Dana Nega. Hey, Nick, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> oh, man. Cool, Arnold's back. Like, is he just hanging out with you, Dane? Or are y'all like buddies Come on! Now? Come on, introduce yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing my best to get to the chopper. Um, 
Yeah, man. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nick here. Um, yeah, that's fucking awesome, dude. Bryce Dallas Howard hitting us up. That's that's super cool. We got a lot of cool stuff in the works. We've had some cool stuff recently. I'm fucking excited, man. It's all happening. It's all happening, definitely. Uh, almost famous style, if you will. All right, guys, let's move on to some stories that we're going to talk about. Uh, a couple of topics and a couple news items, you know, how it is. Um, and the first one, we'll be going to the land of D.C. I wanted to address something that's been going around. Um, well, basically, not so much a news item, but a rumor that I kind of want to either squash or discuss. And also, um, if it were to happen, what would be the best way to go around it? So we'll get to that. I'm basically talking about, if you guys listen to Collider or you listen to other outlets, there's a lot of discussion, especially before that we learned that Ben Affleck was, you know, an alcoholic and, and going and getting out of rehab and stuff like that, along with his divorce and having a failed movie from Warner Brothers. And also the reception, even though they liked him, of BVS. You know, he's been through a lot, and there was a lot of reports saying that DC was trying to find an alternative way for Batman uh, just in case Ben Affleck left. There was a re- report that if Justice League did well, then that would – cause him maybe to stay on, and if not, then he might be getting out of the uh, whole entire thing. His contract is up after, I believe, one more movie after BBS? Or, okay. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I believe Basically, that's correct. I, I, uh, I can't remember exactly, but, uh, you know, the whole concept is that I hear John Schnepp, someone I respect, uh, John Campy has kind of said it before too, someone I respect, saying, you know, well, I think this is going to happen. And they talk to a lot of people in the industry that we don't get a chance to talk to. They're in L.A. So basically I'm presenting to you, are you worried at all about Ben Affleck possibly leaving, or do you think that it's just speculation at this point and that he was going through a lot of stress and maybe things will change? Um, I'm going to go to Kanan, you first. Yeah, I, I think he was just under a lot of stress. I mean, not only was he battling – uh, you know, some demons with his addiction. Uh, he's going through this divorce, you know, and, you know, it seemed like he was really trying to make that work. He put a lot of time and effort into Live by Night. Everywhere he was going to try to promote that movie, they were only asking about the Batman. I think that really broke him down. I think that really got to him um, because he even mentioned it more than once. He was getting to the point where he was saying no one – you know, gives a crap about this movie. All they ask me is about the Batman. And I do not, I think it's just going to have to see how the Justice League does. I think, I think he'll stay on for the Batman. I think he's intrigued by Matt Reeves. I think that's the plan right now is to at least get through the Batman. If Justice League comes out and just gets critically panned and uh, it doesn't live up to the box office, you know, that, Warner Brothers thinks it should, or even he thinks it should, then yeah, I think there's a real possibility that he bails early, and uh, I think they go another route. And you can definitely see that Warner Brothers has been very proactive, um, you know, in that regard. Maybe they already know that he's not going to be there because they're they're still making movies in the Batman universe with the Nightwing movie, the Batgirl movie, Gotham City Sirens. Um, you know, maybe they go younger. Maybe the whole Nightwing uh, movie is maybe he'll be introduced in the Batman. Just depends on when it comes out. But I think there's a possibility. But I think it's just going to depend on how Justice League does. I could definitely see that. And I, to me, um, 
I think that there was a lot of influence on what was going on in his life. And I also think that he was kind of overwhelmed. I don't know if he really wanted to sign on to play Batman, direct him in costume, write the whole entire thing. I don't know if that was actually something that he was enthusiastic about. And obviously after Live By Night, it kind of really hurt him on top of, you know, being an alcoholic and also having the whole divorce going on. So I think that there is a lot of things that can come from this that are positive. So, uh, Juwan, which way do you feel about this? I, excuse me, I'm sorry. I I think it's all uh, pretty much bogus. Um, I don't even think uh, Wonder Woman or Justice League has any impact on whether or not uh, he's going to continue to to portray um, the Batman. It's one of those things where it's like, let's say Wonder Woman isn't that that well-received. Does well in the box office, just isn't that well-received. Justice League does well in the box office, isn't that well-received. Let's say then Aquaman comes out next year. It's well-received and does phenomenal in the box office. You know, so it's like it's, it's a hit-and-miss type of thing. I mean, like we always say, not all Marvel movies were critically acclaimed. Um, so I, I don't I don't think that really sways him that much. I think he has a lot to do with what's going on going forward, along with Jeff Johns and, you know, um, Zack Snyder as far as anything that he's doing as Batman. I, I think, um, you know, he was going through some stuff. That stuff's over. Now he's um, looking to get back on on the horse, and I think he'll be our Batman for as long as they uh, they have him. I like the optimism. Nick, do you feel that way? Um, yeah, so, uh, somewhat. Um, you know, I mean, Ben Affleck, you know, he's he's a alcoholic, chain smoker, divorcee. Like, he's my hero, man. Like, fuck. Like, can, can I, can we, like, hang out with <laughs> Ben Affleck? Like, I was like, oh, we'll go out of town, man. Like, I'll, I'll, like, we'll forget all about fucking Batman and shit. We'll have a great time. Um, but, uh, but no, hey, I mean, I, I, hey, can I come hang out? I, I, hey guys, can I? Hey, hey, can I come hang out with you and Ben Affleck? It's Mark Wahlberg. Can I do that? Oh, That'd be great, dude. Yeah, let's let's definitely like fuck. I'll fuck I'll, uh, I'll definitely take Ben Affleck and Marky Mark as my wingman. Hey, I'm not fucking Marky Mark. Save the fucking fun bunch. <laughs> Well, you'll always be Marky Mark to me, Mark Wahlberg. It's just the way it is. If you can't handle that, maybe you should just stay home. But uh, I digress. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I think it boils down to this. I mean, I think they're just leaving their options open. I think they, I mean, they may know something. They may know that he already doesn't want to do it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe, maybe he's going to see how it goes. I mean, it's really all just speculation at this point. And I think even if Affleck has said, something to the effect of, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I do want to keep doing this. Dude, look, like, anybody's opinion can change over the course of time. So, you know, I mean, I think any anything that, that points to him wanting to keep doing it or not wanting to keep doing it, it's all just speculation. Um, but, I mean, I think the biggest thing about Batman, like, I think we've kind of gotten so enraptured with Affleck because he just has portrayed the Batman so magnificently. But the thing about Batman is it's, it's the classic case of the character is bigger than the actor. Like we've had a ton of different Batmans. If they have to recast Batman, I don't even think they really need to do anything that special. Just cast somebody different through John Hammond there. I, I wouldn't miss a beat. I just keep going with it. So 
you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm optimistic in the sense that I think he might stay on, but even if he doesn't, you know, I I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I I, I can see what you're saying, and uh, I apologize for uh, Mark Wahlberg, um, you know, cutting you off. Yeah, he just, he just totally interrupted me. That was kind of a dick move. He just ran out of here just screaming about shit. It was really strange. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate right now. I'm going to give you guys three situations. Uh, these are the ones that are the most discussed, I think. Um, one of them, I think Nick might have actually been the person that kind of brought this to, to life. I don't know. Uh, so, all right. Would you rather, in a situation like this, if Ben were to leave, Barry involve the Flashpoint storyline, change the universe so they can bring Jeffrey Dean Morgan in as Batman, and then later just recast with someone like a John Hamm or some, something to that extent, a couple year, you know, another phase from it or half phase or whatever the hell you would call it. Um, or would you rather the whole concept going around that somehow the Flash is going to go in the past and grab a younger Batman and they're going to do some younger Batman movies so you'd have a younger actor involved? Um, I think those are two scenarios, basically. Uh, Juwan, which crazy shit would you be okay with? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think Zack Snyder kind of planted seeds for um, for that possibility of, uh, you know, maybe Ben didn't stick around. We got a little bit of Flashpoint in BZS. Um, oh, I forgot. So I, always... I forgot. I'm... I feel like Mark Wahlberg. Um, the other one was Nightwing taking over for Batman. That was the third one that's going around the internet a lot. Yeah, no, that that shouldn't be the case. Um, I don't. Like no, that I, I say, I say you do Flashpoint, and you wouldn't even have to drastically change anything. You can go the route that this is 15 years later, where Aquaman and Wonder Woman, uh, both their respective lands, are going uh, to war. Um, Ezra being like the little kid brother that, you know, he kind of portrayed in the Justice League trailer. Um, he's trying to find a way to, to stop it along with his reverse flash, um, trying to keep things going. And then boom, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Batman. And I say, you just go with that world. You have flash fix everything. So the war stops Aquaman and Diana don't kill each other. Um, he finds a way to rescue Superman or whatever. And then you just go along with that world, and you have Jeffrey Dean Morgan be your Batman going forward. I say don't even don't even bring in John Hamm. Just let Jeffrey Dean Morgan take it away. See, I don't know how I feel completely about you know not having Bruce Wayne uh, as an end result. Maybe that's just like a fanboyism in me. But I do like the concept of Jeffrey Dean Morgan getting to play uh, that character, Thomas Wayne, for a portion of time uh, within it. Um, uh, Nick. Uh, same question. Would you rather the Flashpoint Jeffrey Dean Morgan route, would you rather Nightwing becoming Batman with the current things going on, or would you rather some Flash going in the past and grabbing a young Batman and bringing him forward? Okay, I don't I don't really necessarily like any of the three, but I know how you hate when you give three options if someone picks something different. So for the sake of not doing that, um, I will yeah, uh, I will combine two of them. I will say uh, Flashpoint, go back in time, uh, let um, let Thomas Wayne be uh, Batman for like a movie, maybe two, and then uh, have like a, a – I, I would honestly I – would, I would arguably say just like one movie. Like, they go, like Flash goes back in time, all the shit, all the different shit happens. You can have Lord, Lord Cohen be the Joker, um, you know, like wrap that up quickly – 
and then you know you could have like a like a little scene at the end of that movie where you know basically Thomas Wayne is like, look, I know you can fix this. I don't want this. Like, uh, this is not how it's supposed to be. And then you know then he resets with a younger Batman. Um, so like I'll I'll combine the Flashpoint with the younger Batman theory. So, Tannen, before I throw at you, you got two different concepts coming from them. You got one where Juwan's basically saying, "Why don't we just take Jeffrey Dean Morgan going forward as Thomas Wayne?" And then in Nick's, he's actually combining the aspects and saying, "Let's go forward in time with him for a little while, and then go back in time and get a younger one uh, going forward." A lot. Of the name that everyone's been saying is Army Hammer, who's also been brought up for Green Lantern. Who knows if that's true or not? But Kanan, how do you feel about this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I really don't mind Jeffrey Dean Morgan coming in and playing uh, as Batman, but I don't really like the idea of doing Flashpoint at all because, uh, and I'll give you my reason. One, I know that they've said that Snyder is is going to do Justice League 2. We don't know for sure that he's going to. We don't know that there's even going to be a Justice League 2. They've kind of backed off on that. I think after Justice League 2, they'll kind of, I mean, not Justice League 2, but after Justice League, I think they can kind of reevaluate if Justice League comes out as critically great, if it makes a whole lot of money and everybody's happy, then they can continue. If not, then I think they can kind of go a, a different direction because you, you've kind of already had, um, you know, Snyder's, you know, trilogy plus Suicide Squad kind of in there. You know, you got Aquaman coming out that they're saying can kind of be its own standalone film. And, you know, they can kind of just pick up after that. You know, they can kind of just do like a, a very soft plan B um, reboot. Uh, if they want to bring in Jeffrey D. Morgan to play Batman, that's fine if they want to keep an older Batman. But I think you can, uh, you know, you can use the Flash somewhat to maybe go back in time, but I just don't want the entire Flashpoint paradox. I'd really, I'd rather it be, you know, Bruce Wayne as Batman, uh, Dick Grayson as Nightwing. We don't, you know, Nightwing can be his, his own uh, person. He doesn't necessarily have to be Batman. If they wanted to bring in in the Batman movie, if they wanted to have Batman kind of retire and they want to go Batman Beyond, maybe they could do that. Uh, or they could have introduced Jason Todd and maybe, you know, he be uh, the Batman instead of the Red Hood. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, that's kind of where I, I think they'll go with it if that scenario plays out. All right, that, so you guys definitely created type of stipulations, if you will, off of each concept, but I definitely like where everyone's mind's at. I, I honestly think that Ben Affleck's not going to go anywhere, though. I think that uh, that it might have been true that at one time he did say stuff or that there was a time period with Warner Brothers he was just warning him, but I think that was collected of what was going on in his life, and I think that's a new direction. So we'll see. I definitely want to ask you guys one more Batman-related question before we move on to some more DC stuff. Um, basically, we, we've known about a bunch of movies that have kind of been put on the shelf. Uh, some of them still have uh, release dates, but who knows if that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, you have The Flash, you have Shazam, you have lots of movies, uh, Cyborg, who no one's talked about. Now, we haven't heard anything about that, but we're getting announcements constantly of a Nightwing coming out, um, of a Batgirl now coming out from Josh Whedon, um, of a you know, uh, Gotham City Sirens, they're going to be doing The Batman. So what I'm, what I'm wondering, are the recent announcements of movies coming out for a majority of certain Batman characters a good thing or a bad thing? Like, is, is DC playing it safe, or is it smart 
to go with what you know in order to, like, attract attention. Uh, Nick, what do you think? I mean, I, I think it could go either way, honestly. Um, it, and on a basis of popular characters that we have yet to see on the big screen, I think your Bat Family is up there with any of the sort of second-tier uh, DC uh, guys like after after your your um, you know your your Batman your Superman your your Flash um, you know I mean I de- put it this way I definitely think um, that uh, like having Bat family members uh, leading their own film is, is a better idea than doing a cyborg movie um, so I think it's smart I really do I mean I, I've always wanted to see Nightwing on the big screen. Never seen it. Um, we did get Batgirl, but, like, that was, like, in the worst fucking Batman movie ever, so I don't even think that really fucking counts. Um, and it was hardly, like, it was hardly, like, the Batgirl that, you know, we want to see. Um, so, I mean, I think I think focusing on Gotham, that's, that's their main attraction. If you're going to do secondary characters, you might as well do it with your, you know, attached to your best character. Um, I don't mind it. I just hope they spread them out so it's not like, you know, so we we get that a real flavor of something different, you know, where you get like you get like a, a Nightwing movie and then you get a Green Lantern movie and then you get, you know, like uh, a Shazam movie and then you get Batgirl and then you get something, you know, like, so I, I don't want it to be like, you know, we're getting Gotham over and over and over and over again. But I think it's smart as far as like just, just doing those films. Well, I mean, uh, DC Comics has done this in the past. I mean, actually, the whole entire duration of what's popular goes. And even if you're creating something like Doom Patrol and, and it's really the stories are good, uh, Batman, Bat titles and Superman titles and Justice League titles are the top sellers. So they'll always go back to those as being their money makers. And stuff might be more creative, but that's what fizzles out. Jawan, what do you think about it? Well, you know I'm the wrong person to ask. You know I want as much Batman as possible. So if you tell me <laughs> that every year, every two years, all I get to see is Batman, especially but Ben do, Affleck. Do you think is that Batman, DC's playing safe? Do you think that DC's uh, playing no, safe though? No, I I think they're they're actually doing what we've been asking them to do, and that's give us more characters. And to them, they think some of the richest characters uh, that they can benefit from at this moment comes from the Batman mythos. Um, and honestly, when these reports dropped, how many people went bananas? So to them, this is this is part of the plan, and this is honestly what we've been asking for. We've wanted to see more than just Batman and Superman. We wanted to see a Batgirl, a Nightwing, you know, a Gotham City Siren, Suicide Squad. So I, I think I think that I don't think they're playing it safe. I think this is part of the plan, and they're just kind they're just kind of trying to expand the universe. Shannon, how do you feel? Yeah, I, I agree with Jawan. I mean, they're, Warner Brothers knows where their bread and butter's at, and it's with it's with Batman. I mean, he's he's the biggest uh, you know comic book uh, you know icon there is at the moment, and I feel like this is a good move because there are so many characters in the Batman universe. Uh, you know, with Superman, I mean, they could do a Supergirl movie. But really, that's about it. Batman, I mean, Superman and Supergirl. With with Batman, you can do a Tim Drake. You can do a Red Hood. You 
can do the Batgirl, you can do Nightwing. Uh, with the Batgirl movie, uh, opens the door for Birds of Prey. You know, with Gotham City Sirens, maybe have a crossover movie with the two. Uh, there's just so many avenues they can go. Plus, it helps introduce so many other villains. Uh, you know, everybody wants to see Black Mask. We can get, uh, you know, maybe another version of Riddler. Maybe we can see, uh, you know, like a, you know, like Spider-Man's doing Tinkerer and all them. Uh, Shocker, you know, maybe we can get a Calendar Man. Uh, maybe we can get a Clayface on the big screen. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's so many Batman villains. I mean, he has to have, other than... Spider-Man, he has to have the best Rose Gallery of villains there is. I mean, there's just so many avenues. And with the way DC is, maybe we can get a true-to-life uh, Scarecrow. I mean, just like straight out of a horror movie, uh, Scarecrow. You know, maybe we can get uh, a true comic book version of Bane. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many avenues. and I mean, people love Batman. I don't, maybe not so much... Uh, a new Batman movie every two, three years, but, you know, with Batgirl or with Nightwing or with Red Hood, you know, that still uh, gives us a taste of the Batman universe without having, you know, Batman always in the movie. So, I, I mean, WB knows where it's at. I mean, that's why they're going to continue to go with it. It's just like Tony Stark with Marvel. Batman puts asses in seats. He brings the money. You know, where for all the criticism Batman v Superman got, what was one of the biggest things? Ben Affleck nutted his Batman. Batman was awesome. So, you know, what Batman movies come out that's been terrible other than uh, Batman and Robin? And, you know, people still went to go see that trash. So, I mean, anybody can go watch a Batman movie. Yeah. And um, I agree with you guys. It's. Just uh, stuff's getting crazy out there in D.C. You know, you, you don't even know what's going on. Uh, we actually have one more story related to D.C. Um, and it's based off of something that I think, I know it aggravated me. Um, uh, I know it aggravated Kanan, too. So, actually, I'm going to go to you directly after my opinion on this. But uh, there was a website called Box Office Pro. I don't know how, uh, basically, how good they are of a source. Um, but they are getting a tracking range for projected for Wonder Woman to make $83 million over its first three-day weekend uh, while, you know, uh, in office. Uh, and I just want to, like, throw some numbers at you guys. Man of Steel made 116 Suicide Squad made 133 And Batman v Superman made $166 million. I think that number is pretty absurd. Um, I don't know how it would make $83 million. Um, I think that the, the trailers have been great. People have been talking about it. Random people have been talking about it. I think that people are looking for a movie like this. Uh, you know, DC might have a little bit of a little bit of backlash to the fans, uh, but I, I, I got to tell you, there are a lot of fans that liked. BVS and like Suicide Squad, and I actually enjoyed Suicide Squad. It just you know wasn't anything that great for me, and I actually really liked BVS, uh, the extended cut, uh, like Man of Steel too. So I don't think that when it comes to the general public, I don't think that they notice that they're a lot more forgiving. I feel than fans. So what I'm, I'm throwing on to you guys is, do you feel like eighty three million dollars is a reasonable number? Um, Kane and I'll start with you. 
Um, honestly, no. I think that's just them coming out with a very conservative number. Uh, with those other numbers that you read off that the movies actually made, they were much lower uh, than what they were anticipating. Uh, I think they even were predicting that Deadpool was going to open to 65, 70 million. I mean, how much did that movie end up making open a weekend? Like 134, 132 million. So mm-hmm. it's not so much that. You know, their forecast, you know, they always kind of do this for the the summer movies. It's kind of fun for people to start speculating. I think what has really angered a lot of people is the fact that people are running with this as though it's the actual forecast. This is just a very early forecast. They even said that in the report, that certain sites are running with this for clicks. They are just jumping on this, oh, this movie's going to be so bad. They're not marketing it. Uh, they're going to, it's going to be the lowest opening DCEU movie ever. I'm going to say, where are these people getting this from? This movie is not terribly marketed. I mean, people that hate the DCEU are so excited for the Wonder Woman movie. It's the first female-led superhero movie from any franchise, you know, from Marvel DC. Fans are loving it. Girls are lying, you know, little kids are dressing up. It's just... I don't know where we're getting that from. I, it's a very low-ball uh, number. I don't mind that. Like I said, my biggest beef is people going and running with it, like, you know, just for clicks, just to say, oh, this movie's going to be so terrible. Look, it's already projected to be the lowest movie ever. Uh, it's, it's That's that's no. This movie opens probably $95, 100000000 I think it's going to make about 110 honestly. I think that people are really anticipating this film. Um you know, we haven't had a good Sword and Sandal film. It definitely looks good on that part uh, for the, you know, parts of it that's on Themyscira. We haven't had a good war film. Well, actually, no, we had one good one not too long ago. Um, but either way, I mean, I think this film looks really good, and I think it's appealing to the general market. Uh, I, I just don't see it making $83 million. Maybe there's a worry because it is a female-led film, and we haven't seen a lot of exposure from Gal Gadot, and that might persuade the opinion of how much it's going to project that, but I, I this could make 100 to 110 million, I think, easy first weekend. Uh, Nick, do you think I'm crazy? Uh, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think they are either, though. I mean, my biggest thing is just like like Kanan said, how the fuck? And you said too, like how the fuck can you project something that far out? I don't, I don't understand their metrics. I don't like, like I don't, I just don't know how you can conceivably make a reasonable pro- projection for what it will post this far away from from opening when there hasn't been any reviews or anything out. Um, But, I mean, I think, too, like, the thing that kind of gets me is, you know, like, like Kanan said, sites were running with this $83 million figure and saying this would just be devastating for, for the DCEU. Well, you also have to take into account that this is by far the lowest budget that the, uh, uh, of a film that the DCEU has, has had. It's a $110 million budget. Um, so by the, by the Campia method of metrics, if you take that $110 million budget, let's say they pay a little bit more into marketing than, than your average film, um, let's say like $50 million, maybe $60 million. Um, after theater splits, it, it only has to make about 220 to $250 million, depending on what the actual marketing budget is, to break even. Um, so it's obviously going to do that. Um, it, it, and also, like Logan 
only made about eighty to eighty-three million dollars, somewhere in that range, opening weekend. Mm-hmm. I think it was even lower. I think it was like seventy-eight. Um, so I, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the optics of saying that would be a huge failure for the DCU. It wouldn't be as nice as they want it to be. Obviously, they want to make as much money as possible, and I think. From their minds, they're with you, Dane. They're projecting more of that hundred to hundred and ten million dollar range, or at least like what Canaan says, like ninety five ish. Um, so it would be a slight disappointment. But see, here's the thing: all that money aside, I think that the DCEU right now, I don't think they're as concerned about the money as they are concerned about the brand. And so I think what matters most okay. is that 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 Wonder Woman is both critically well-received and uh, fan, like, and, and, and viewer well-received. Well um, I think, you know, they don't want another very decisive film. Um, and if they get that, that, that vastly repairs their brand and gets asses in the seats for Justice League. So, and from most of what I've heard, it, it seems like it's on, on track to be a, a pretty good step in the right direction, a pretty good movie. Um so the one I mean, thing I, that I, I'm noticing, I just don't get the brouhaha about it with people who are so so ready to jump on board and say, you know, it sounds like, you know, troubles in the works for the DCEU. I, I just don't get it. Well, those are websites that just like, you know, uh, as Kenan said, just want clicks. And they know that the audience of these haters, basically, they'll get those clicks just to justify right. their retarded opinions, you know. Um, mm. But all right, the bottom line is Wonder Woman is that you guys got, you guys got to look at when it's coming out, though, because it has – it needs a strong opening weekend. All right, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men t- uh, Tell No Tales comes out, which is not going to make a billion dollars. Anyways, um, <laughs> comes out the week before and should carry over that second week. And while movies like The Mummy, Cars 3, and Transformers all come out through that month with Wonder Woman. So, you know, I'm not saying for like, I guess for opening, but Pirates could take a chunk out of it if it's its second week and – Overall, this actually, now that I'm looking at it, could actually hurt the uh, overall box office for Wonder Woman. That's a lot of big films. Um, Juwan, everything's thrown at you at once. Boom! Now give me an answer. Um, well, thank you. Um, no, <clears throat> I, I, they're, they're, they're full of crap. Um, and what I'm going <laughs> off is, um, I'm pretty much going off of the fact that Captain America, the first Avenger, Domestically went for 176 million. I think Wonder Woman can definitely beat that. I think the only thing that's wow, important I didn't even to, know that. yeah. So I think the only thing that's important to to DC right now and Warner Brothers is that critically and fan wise, um, like Nick said, uh, that we love it. We love it and critics love it because uh, I mean, Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad all made money. Maybe not as much as they like. But they all made money. None of them were like Fantastic Four, so that that's not that's not an issue for them. They all track well as far as making money. And to me, if First Avenger domestically can do 176 million, Wonder Woman should be totally fine. They look like the same exact film, but I give the edge to Wonder Woman because, like I told you guys, I didn't like the First Avenger. But um, so I, I think it's full of crap. Like Cannon said, they're just looking for clickbait. Um, yeah, so. If, First Avenger could do 176 million. Wonder Woman should be fine. I don't even think those other movies will necessarily um, hurt the uh, the box office for Wonder Woman. The only thing I would say is, if it's not tracking well by the time Homecoming comes out, then it just it it, it just won't financially do uh, amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too. Well, who knows? Um, I, we have to wait a couple more weeks, and then uh, we'll be seeing it soon. Uh, it's, it's crazy, actually, if you think about it. The Wonder Woman's going to be happening very soon. But, um, hey, just let you guys know, if you're out there, if you're listening, if you want to ask a question for the show, call 929-477-3781. You'll be on hold. If you would like to ask a question, press 1, and you'll join the conversation. Anyways, let's keep on moving. And you can ask Arnold a question. You can't ask Arnold the question. He doesn't like to come out. He's shy. Yeah, he's shy. <laughs> see, he just he just came over here to let us know that he's shy. Maybe maybe Sylvester Stallone. I'll, I'll see if I can find him later on. Um, but either way, uh, new defenders uh, elevator promo. Uh, very 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 cool thing that they had. You know Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and two Iron Fists. Um, it's strange, actually, I think about it. There's someone missing, I think, I feel like, along there. Uh, but anyways, I'm just kidding. One of them was Daredevil, even though he kind of looked like Iron Fist, and Iron Fist was Iron Fist. But uh, judging from this promo, uh, how much are you anticipating this show, Nick? Oh, God. Like, I'm, I've been anticipating this show forever. I mean, all the talent they have with it, all the, the showrunners and everything. I mean, the, the elevator thing was cool. I mean, it didn't, like... It, it didn't get me super hyped, but I thought it was a really cool nugget for them to drop. Like, I mean, I just, I thought, oh, like, when I watched it, I, I mean, I wasn't like, holy shit. But, you know, I was like, oh, that was, that was, that was neat. You know, that was pretty cool. Um, I do agree with you, however, though, that, like, well, I won't even say that necessarily. I just think, like, like Danny Rand needs to wear some kind of mask. Like, we, if for no other reason than he is Danny Rand. He owns Rand Corporation. He's been all over the fucking tabloids and media. In he Iron loves Fist. ranch on his pizza. He, <laughs> he needs to protect his identity, so, like, why not give him, like, at least some kind of mask? Like, he can cut out the little eye holes, you know, and everything else, but, like, give him some kind of mask, um, and then, you know, we can get, like, you know, we could have got a stunt double in there. Hopefully, because the showrunners are, are a lot better, um, uh, you know, um, the, this is showrunner from Daredevil, so like hopefully that's that's not going to come into play really, but um but yeah I mean I I'm I'm super pumped for it I can't fucking wait I mean uh, Iron Fist aside like everything else has been just super brilliant and I think this is going to hit the mark too and I can't wait. So Jawan, you know how like you know you kind of hear like an eight year old when they're excited about Christmas like you know they're all jumping on like kind of sweaty and like. <laughs> Like, that was kind of like a casual, business casual that Nick just did version of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Are you going to give me the same type of format? Uh, how do you feel about this no. uh, elevator scene? It, well, first of all, why are you hanging out with eight-year-olds, Dave? Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't, I don't question remember saying Dave. that. Don't worry so about what he did. I am not. Is this Chris, Chris Hansen here? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no, no, no. I definitely I definitely loved it. Um, I you know, every time she's... Marvel does any type of marketing, what they do is they only give you a little taste. I guarantee you we won't even get a trailer until uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, but what they wanted to do was just kind of let, the, you know, the general public who's not huge fans like us kind of know, like, these guys are coming together. This is going to be a huge thing. Um, as far as the, the elevator scene, the reason why Daredevil kind of had the Iron Fist look, um, from what I'm hearing is they were going into something, and obviously he didn't have time to get his suit, so he just kind of quickly grabbed something to cover his face. 
Um, and as far as Danny Rand uh, getting his mask, um, from what they were saying, defenders, like the whole you know idea of joining the defenders, is how he starts to realize he needs a mask. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of a costume and everything. So who knows? Maybe Daredevil's guy makes him something, or maybe him seeing Daredevil with the tie up on his face kind of makes him go, hmm, maybe I should do something like that. So we'll definitely either have it, like, the very last scene of the Defenders, like maybe them all lined up and him in a suit, or um, he'll kind of get the idea, and then in season two of Iron Fist, we'll get the uh, the suit. But, yeah, I was definitely extremely hyped to uh, to see that elevator scene, especially Jessica Jones punching out the camera. Yeah, that was pretty badass. Kanan, how did you like it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it it. It was, you know, it was a tease, but it was cool to kind of see them all together in a short little video. To me, it kind of almost had had that uh, that end scene uh, in the Avengers where they're all just kind of sitting around eating shawarma. I mean, at first they're kind of just all in the <laughs> elevator, just kind of waiting for it to to come up, and then she turns around, you know, and of course she gets aggressive because she sees the camera. But uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I do wish, you know, Danny had the outfit, but like you said, this was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. Uh, Daredevil's got the, you know, the hood over his face, which is, you know, almost kind of like a nod to Iron Fist look. But yeah, it gets people hyped, and you know, not that I don't think a lot of people needed um, the hype for it, because some people are saying that this Defender series is going to be better than the Avengers movie. Uh, can I top that? I don't know, but it, it, you know, it, it, it served its purpose. I mean, you got people talking, so. I agree with you, and uh, I mean, it puts the anticipation level that much more for me, especially, because I can't wait to see these characters interact, fight a certain foe, and, you know, just expand their universe, their mini Marvel Netflix universe, uh, and make it a little bit bigger, but um, let's uh, move on to a question I had that, with you guys. All right, so this this week it was released that Brian Michael Bendis will be working on a series called Punisher versus Defenders. And the Defenders are the exact same lineup as the ones in TV show, the four that you see, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. And it, it looks awesome. I'm definitely considering, uh, you know, purchasing it once it becomes all in one trade. But could this be a future outlet for a Defender series where actually they piss off the Punisher and he goes after them? Now, I don't know the likeliness of him beating them, but since he's so great at being a strategist, if you will, with the war, uh, who knows? Uh, would you like to see, I guess I should say, this happen in the future of the Netflix series and a Defender show or maybe even the Punisher show itself? Uh, Nick, let me start with you. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. Um, you know, I, I feel like I feel like they they have like a a, a lot of building of of Frank Castle to do as far as like the universe with his solo series to get him to a point where you could reasonably see him as that kind of um, strategery guy uh, where he can, you know, actually present as a, as a formidable foe and you would have to do a lot of building um, and, and almost backtracking from the, the relationship that, um, he left uh, with Daredevil at the end of season two of Daredevil. Um, so I'm not necessarily in favor of it, per se. And not to mention, like, I kind of like that the comics get to do, like, something a little different than the TV shows. And they get that, like, use, use like, illusions that they got from the TV shows to kind of influence the comics. But then they're, let, they're free to do whatever the hell they want to do with the characters. 
um, and then the TV show gets to have, you know, their arcs and everything. I don't necessarily want them to parallel. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, all that said, um, but but I do think there's there's more cons than pros to um, that being the way they go. All right, well, here, do you think that them doing this in the comic books is opening up the possibility to do it in the Netflix show, something like that instead? Oh, I mean, I definitely think that it's a possibility. I don't think they needed the comics to make it a possibility, though. Um, and testing it I, out. I just don't. I'm sorry. I said testing it out. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it'll be wildly popular as far as the comics because shows are wildly popular, and like, you know, they'll kind of make the Punisher have like this this kind of bravado, kind of like a Deathstroke type. Uh, character in this in this comic in which he's just this super badass who can take on these four like superhumans. Um, so I mean I think that's I think that's really cool and and not to mention um, you know you maybe can't relate to Daredevil. I mean I'm sorry Punisher so much on a on a uh, character level, but you can definitely relate to him as far as he doesn't have any superpowers. So it kind of makes you kind of root for him anyway. Same way we all do with Batman. Um, and so, like, I mean, I think it's a really cool arc. I just don't necessarily know if I want to see that in the show. Like, I mean, it's just, there's just so many variables because they already have so much stuff set up. Um, but I, I'm very much looking you. forward to seeing it in the comics. Fair enough. Uh, Juwan, how do you feel? Uh, I somewhat agree with Nick. Um, and by that, I mean it's something that I think kind of takes a lot to, to, try to, to try to do. I, I do think it's unnecessary, but there is a way to do it that it still makes sense. Um, I, I don't I don't want them to go the route of him just, you know, saying, you know what, I'm fed up with these guys, you know, I'm angry, I'm going to just try to kill everyone. No, that's not the way you go. You have Kingpin, you have Madam Gal, you have the idea of the hand. Have have Kingpin, you know, have a conversation with Madam Gal um, and say, you know what, I think I can maybe get somebody that can possibly, you know, be – be smart enough to, to take down the defenders. And then you have them try to somewhat brainwash Frank Castle, making them his weapon, and then have him take on the defenders uh, in a very Slade-esque type of way. I think that's the best way to do it, and the more realistic way to do it within the show, mainly because the relationship he built with Karen and the respect he gained for Daredevil, it just wouldn't make sense that all of a sudden he'd be upset enough to kind of just wash all that away and try to take them all out. No, I can absolutely see what you're saying. Uh, Kanan, how do you feel? Yeah, I really would like to see, you know, try and get kind of established with his own uh, solo show first. I, I don't know that we really need an entire Punisher versus Defender series. That, you know, right now I would, I, I don't think you need the comic to get hyped for that. I think people would love to see that. I don't know how well it would work as a series, you know, maybe they run across him a couple of times uh, in the Defenders' uh, second season, perhaps, after he's had his solo um, show. But, I mean, if they were to do kind of a prolonged series, I mean, it would be cool to kind of see him, you know, maybe set some stuff up to kind of lure them in. I don't know that he could really take them all. I mean, if you see from the images from his show that's coming out, I mean, it looks like he gets his ass kicked in every episode. So, I mean... If he wants to get his ass kicked by the defenders, that's fine. But uh, this Punisher just looks like he gets the hell beat out of him every episode. So, you know, poor uh, John Bernthal looks like he's got a broke nose and 
cut up face. Every single picture they've shown us, he just got his ass whooped. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I just don't know that I would want to see an entire series devoted to it. Like I said, a couple couple of crossover uh, episodes where he runs across them would be pretty cool. I get what you're saying. I think I think John Berthold was born with a broken nose. Um, I'm actually under that impression. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, I have no idea. But uh, moving on, uh, I want to talk about something uh, because I have a friend here. Uh, he won't shut up, and he wanted to present a Marvel topic that's been a rumor out right now. So I'll, I'll let him come over here. Hey, uh, how you guys doing? Uh, this is too slow. Yeah. There's rumors going around that I might be uh, playing a character called Starfire. Starhawk? Is it Starhawk? It's Starhawk, you know, going to the Galaxy 2. So, uh, yeah. If you guys didn't understand that, Sylvester Stallone tried to say he uh, there's rumor that he's playing Starhawk in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Now, keep in mind, Michael Rosenbaum's character is supposed to be associated with whatever character... Sly is playing. So if Sly's playing Starhawk, do we think that maybe Michael Rosenbaum could be playing a uh, past Guardians of the Galaxy character, uh, like Major Victory or, or someone else on, on those lines? Um, just wanted to ask around Jawan, what do you think about all this? Um, I think I think the if that's you know, if that's legit, uh, Sylvester Stallone playing that character, I think that fits him well. But um, I'm he one of those here. guys he who was here. he was here. He was he, he was here. Um, thank I want to thank him for for joining us. Um, no, but I, I'm one of those guys who um, until I'm proven wrong, Michael Rosenbaum is is definitely Nova. Um, I'm just sticking with that because I love the Nova character and I want to see him, especially interacting with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so until I see otherwise or hear otherwise, Michael Rosenbaum is um, is, uh, is Nova. So Sylvester Stallone uh, playing that character, I'm totally fine with it. Hey, uh, Nick, you know, I, uh, I was in a movie called Rocky Balboa it's in Philadelphia. You know, it's insane. How do you feel? <laughs> um, well, thanks for asking, Sly. Um, uh, you know, honestly, <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm on that, like in James Gunn, I trust train. So, I mean, I don't really care. I, I honestly, like, I mean, I, I don't care if he's playing Star Fox. I don't care if, if, um, uh, uh, Rosenbaum's playing Luth, uh, it's Luther. Um, if he's playing, uh, uh, Nova, <laughs> like, if, yeah, uh, like, but it, it, it's really, I mean, I, I am kind of on the Nova train. Like I would love to see like Nova come to the screen. Um, and I think he would be kind of like the right kind of character per, to portray him because he's, he's a really, really solid actor and he's never going to, he's never going to get like a leading role, but I don't, I don't think they're ever going to use Nova. Like, I don't think Nova is ever going to get like a, a, his own movie. So, you know, if that is the way that they go, um, and we're going to have Nova kind of be this supporting character in the intergalactic sort of world, um, kind of like Hawkeye um, is on Earth, um, then, yeah, I would, I would totally love to see him play that. Uh, but, I mean, if he, if he plays like an old, an old uh, you know, one of the original members from the comics, 
um, with the Guardians. Like, I'd be totally cool with that, too. I mean, I just, whatever James Gunn wants to do, dude, just take my money. Kanan, do you want him to take your money? No, he wants to take your money, Dane. Yes, and uh, yes, uh, yes. I, we'll, I that. we'll deal with taking Dane's money on another day. We'll, we'll bring that up again closer to Pirates. But as far as Michael Rosenbaum goes, yes, I would love to see him play Nova. I've heard rumor that he might be playing Adam Warlock, but if they said it was significant, so if anybody's familiar with Michael Rosenbaum, the dude is a very good actor. To me, he's the best Lex Luthor. There, there ever was. He nailed it. So Agreed. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that he is a significant character that we do see him more. I would love to see him in Infinity War. Uh, the guy's got so much potential. I really do hope he is Nova. I mean, I've tagged, we've tagged him before and stuff about Nova. You know, he likes it. So, but uh, hopefully he's not pulling an army hammer and just trying to troll us. But yes, to to me, it's Nova or bust. So if I'm Michael Rosenbaum, I'm going to James Gunn down like. I want to be Nova. But I agree with Nick. Maybe uh, they won't go that route because, you know, I feel like he could lead his own movie, but there may be people out there that, that think he can't. But, you know, they did say he was significant, and, you know, he would have a, a major part in it. So I guess uh, the time will tell. If uh, as, I mean, it's not even been confirmed yet, I guess, that Stallone is Starhawk, has it? No, it hasn't been just confirmed. A rumor. It's pretty much a rumor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole thing about it is um, I could see it happening, but then again, like, if there's a connection between him and Michael Rosenbaum, it, it's got to be someone that's familiar with each other. I just have to say that I knew it was April Fool's joke, and I brought this up to you guys uh, beforehand. I knew it was April Fool's joke, but whoever made up that rumor where it was Michael Rosenbaum was playing Silver Surfer and Sylvester Stallone was doing the voice for Galactus, that would have been fucking cool as shit. And then you also would have had Turner and Hooch fighting each other because one of Galactus' biggest enemies or nemesis is, is Ego the Living Planet, which is Star-Lord's dad. So, you know, obviously that would have had to happen if there was some uh, changes made financially between Fox and Marvel. But I read that and I was like, that's never going to happen. But that would fucking be pretty swell and neat, at least to me. Well, you guys, so, uh, well, you guys did you say Turner and Hooch, Dane? <laughs> I said Turner and Hooch. I, mean, uh, I was smelling what you were selling. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That would be awesome, though. <laughs> but, yeah, you yeah, got, dude, think you about got, it. Uh, you got Stallone right there in the studio with you. Ask him to do his voice impression. If he were to do voiceover work as Galactus, how would he sound? Hey, uh, I'm a sucky planet. No, I really think he could do a really good job with it, though, especially with, like, the voice modulation and everything that they do so well. I mean, like, with Vin Diesel, like, doing group, like, it, it, that works perfectly. I think, I seriously think that Sly could kill that. Yeah, we're not laughing at you, Stallone. We're, we're laughing with you. I'm laughing with you, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't Arnold. What we is won't the movie? Arnold. What is the movie I'm thinking of that has him and uh? Tango oh, and Tango Cash. Cash. Damn yeah. it! I fucked that up. I really did fuck that up. <laughs> oh well. Uh, it was pretty funny though. Uh, I got a chuckle. Well, yeah. I don't want to talk Somewhere about Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and his dog. That wouldn't make any sense. 
unless unless the unless Hooch is going to be the the dog that never mind this is done. I'm, let's move <laughs> on, guys. Okay, let, let's be mature now. Jesus, uh, you can't even have Sylvester Stallone on the on the on the goddamn show. All right. Here's a little uh, thing I'd like to rant about that I'm aggravated. I, I don't know all of y'all's perspectives exactly. I just wish that, based on the past, I wish that Amy Pascal would try to not talk as much. Because she keeps <laughs> on talking, and it's conjecture. Like, it's it's something that she's, like, you know, assessing. But she, she has to be pissing off Sony's. And it's like, you've already gotten fired from the head of Sony Entertainment, and now you're still a producer on this. And it's like every week it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen once the contract runs out with Marvel. Hopefully we're together. Isn't it awesome that we're working together right now? Like, don't say that. Just don't say that. The newest stupid one is that uh, they were having some type of talk at a convention uh, with A. Pascal, Tom Holland, a bunch of different people that were there. And Tom Holland was asked uh, what he would like to see as far as a villain. And he said, well, I love Doc Ock. Uh, I think Spider-Man 2 is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Um, but I think Venom is someone I'd like to kick the crap out of one day. And it goes to Pascal later on to it, and she says, based on that, she goes, we've recycled a lot. I think there are certain characters, I don't think there's anything more to say about them right this minute. I mean, I don't know how many more times we can do Green Goblin. I've certainly tried to do it 50 times by now. So... We have, and it continues to go on with. We want to tread lightly with what's been done in the past films, as far as the Osborns and things like that. So I don't think we're going directly down that route. We figured, honestly, if there was a way to do this movie without mentioning anyone who has been in past films, with the exception of staples like Flash Thompson and Aunt May, that that might be a good thing to do. All right. There ends the quote, and let me just say the first fucked up thing on here is, how the hell is Flash Thompson and Aunt May not, if on the same level, less than the Osbournes and Doc Ock? This whole thing pisses me the fuck off. She's basically saying that since she wasn't able to creatively, with A.V. Arid and earlier also with, obviously, Kevin Feige, create the characters correctly, that she doesn't want to try to tempt them again going forward. And my whole thing about the Osbournes is that Norman Osborn is the Lex Luthor, if you will, of the Marvel Universe. Um, some of the stuff that he's done in the past and also later, uh, you know, in the last couple of years where in Secret War, or not Secret Wars, uh, Secret Invasion, he killed the Queen of, of the Skrulls, and then everyone saw him do that. He formed S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Hammer. They let him lead Hammer. He became the Iron Patriot, which is the same costume that John Cheadle's character has. He forms the Dark Avengers, which is basically the Avengers from him, but all of them are like, they had Bullseye, Hatby, Hawkeye. They had uh, certain characters. Venom was, uh, was their Spider-Man. Dakin was their Wolverine, and so on. So this character, you know, is a very important character to me, and Harry is a very important character in Peter's life. And you don't have to go balls deep Green Lantern immediately. You can kind of, like, let it simmer and get to that. Doc Ock, if they don't do that, like, I mean, you got to think about this. They're saying this. The first, that we have not seen Green, uh, Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, since the first movie in 2000. That's been 17 fucking years. They didn't do it correctly. Harry was done awful. You don't even have to turn him. I could care less if you do that with him. Uh, but then Doc Ock, that would be 2003. 
So it's like I, I don't understand the rationality. I understand there's a lot of villains left, but also there's no kingpin. We don't have you know access to him. We don't have access to a lot of characters involved with the next Netflix series. Now there's no Venom and Carnage because of this Sony universe that's going to be separate and rated R and whatnot. I just I, I feel like it's not smart. I, I don't see Electro coming back. I don't see any of them. And so you do still have big villains like Morlan, like like Craven, like Mysterio. You do have those guys. But after a while, you know, if you do a lot of these double ones, you get like what Will O Wisp, the Spot, Rocket Racer. Like I just don't understand. The logic so much, it pisses me off you can't tell by this little monologue I have. And now I'm going to take my frustration and punch Nick in the face with it. Did you feel that? <laughs> I did. I did. It was it was uh, very, very powerful. Um, no, man, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, I mean, I, I've kind of said it from the beginning of when this announcement broke that, that Marvel was going to work with Sony. Like, okay, let's let's actually flesh out the character of Norman Osborn. Like, let's not jump, like, let's not have him as a one-and-done. Let's not have him as a cancer patient dying in the film. Like, let's actually see the character of Norman Osborn before he becomes Green Goblin. Like, set him up as, like, a major character, kind of like Sam Raimi did with uh, with um, Dr. Connors. Um, he was in all three of the Spider-Man movies, and the rumor was that he was going to play a major part in the fourth movie in, in Raimi's original um, uh, tracking, like, of, of what he originally wanted to do. Um, so, like, I kind of feel like that would be the perfect setup. Like, if they had... If they had implemented like a little bit of Norman Osborn in this in this upcoming movie, and then continued to flesh out his character as kind of like a stark rival, and then by the time the fourth movie came around, you could have uh, Peter meet Harry Osborn in college because that would be like the fourth movie would be like the college years. It'd be the start of the college years, and then you could keep building that character and just like really do something with it, and that could be kind of that missing. Uh, links that we're not going to have uh, once, you know, Loki isn't a, a, a central character anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think they're they're missing the boat there. Um, and I agree with you. Like, Spider-Man has a huge rogue gallery, but he doesn't have, like, it, it, like the thing, I think the thing that separates, because Kanan mentioned this earlier, I think the thing that separates Batman and, and Spider-Man is Batman has a lot of characters that he could go toe-to-toe with that could carry a movie. Like, you could have one villain carry a movie like for Batman with Spider-Man he's got a probably even more villains and probably even a, a bigger rogues gallery but there's not as many villains that can like really carry the movie like you have with that and I think you know you don't want to you don't want to uh, cut yourself short of what what you could do so yeah I mean I'm, I'm right there with you Dave yeah, because, like, I'm looking at this, and, you know, I'm speculating, and so we have to look at, look at the past movies. This would be, if, if going by what she says, which I love that Tom Holland said, this is what I would like to see, and Amy Pascal's like, yeah, let me just cut you down completely. But, um, You're right. Uh, you know, we go with the first movie, that means no no, no Osbournes. Um, I, we still have not had a confirmation on, on Mary Jane. Uh we don't – I don't think they're going to be doing Gwen Stacy, maybe. I mean, I'm just like – presuming if they're saying that they've already tried these characters and they're kind of like trying to do something new, uh, then you have no Doc Ock. You have Venom going to be in a completely different universe. 
Uh, no Green Goblin, obviously, once again. Sandman's probably not going to be used. We have no Electro, which is probably not a bad thing uh, if they do the dubstep bullshit like beforehand. Um, no Lizard. Um, am I forgetting anyone? And so then, you know, obviously we have Michael Keaton playing the first big villain with the Vulture. Um, and then you have, like, a lot of characters. Like, Black Cat's not going to be involved now. Uh, Morbius is probably going to be part of that, that Sony anti-hero, you know, universe. Uh, it just seems like you're limiting. And, like, what you have left is, like, yeah, you do have Morlon. You do have have uh, different characters, but then you have a lot of, like I said, characters like, I don't think that Chameleon could be a, a, a fair villain. I don't even know if Mysterio really is. If you guys remember in the comic books and in the animated series, he usually gets the best of Mysterio pretty damn quickly. And I'd like to see them build a Century 6 and keep on doing that, but now they can't do the original lineup because there's not going to be a lot of uh, other people there. Uh, I don't know. It just really confuses and frustrates me. Juwan, what frustrates you? <laughs> Um, honestly, you guys are going to be really mad at me. I, I didn't, I, I, I originally did, but then I thought about it and I don't really have an issue with it. And the main reason why is, let me ask you guys this. How many movies has Tom Holland signed on for? The MCU? With the MCU. As far as I can tell, two. I thought it was three originally, but from Amy's recent comments, I guess it's two. Okay. So let's say it's two, right? Let's say it's Homecoming. And let's say maybe it's Infinity War, and then after that, maybe he he gets another Spider-Man solo, and he does the second part of Infinity War. Right, so that's technically how he I understand has, it, yeah. Right, so technically he only has two solos, right? So to me, the writing was on the wall. I knew they weren't going to go the role of the Osbournes as soon as they came out and said Ned was his best friend. I was just like, okay, that kind of seems like you're going a little differently than, than the last two. Like Harry isn't either isn't there yet, or Harry existed in Peter's life and is left. So as soon as they were like Ned is going to be his best friend, I was like, oh okay, so I kind of see where you're going with that. And then if they only do two solos, Craven can definitely, um, you know, be a big bad in the second one. Now, Dane, what I would agree with you uh, with is if they came out and they were like, yeah, no, we got Tom Holland in the MCU for like four or five movies. Then I'd be like, all right, well then, yeah, what, what the hell? Give us Norman Osborn. Give us more of Spidey's uh, road gallery. But from what I knew, it was only for his two solos and the two Infinity Wars. So in that, in that respect, it, to me, it, it already telling me the two villains we got now and then either Mysterio, Hydro Man, or Kraven for this, uh, the second one, and then that was going to be it. That That's all Sony was going to do until we heard anything further. So that's the only reason why I, I originally well, was upset. Because I just, I just went well, off of reading a little bit of it. And then I was just like, you know what? If he's only doing two, then I see why they're not fleshing out more of his characters. Well, all, I, all I'm going to say to that, to, to counter it a little bit, is there, especially where Sony is financially, and I've gone on long rants about talking about details about that, how they're hemorrhaging money. There's no way, and there's no way that Tom Holland's not going to want to take another paycheck going forward and they're going to extend his contract. He's going to do something. Even if they're not attached to the MCU, if they're talking about what Amy Pascal talked previously, that then they'll move it just to Sony, and they're kind of like building that world for him to kind of fall into, um, there's going to be a contract extension. I don't, I don't think he's done after those films. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying if, if Sony wants to make money, they're going to want to keep on going with them, you know? 
No, I mean, I, compl- I completely agree. And I'm not saying that, you know, after the four appearances in the MCU, there's no more Tom Holland. I'm just saying as far as the MCU and them not fleshing out more of his characters, it seems like that's because they're going to build a bunch with Sony, just for Sony, and then just bring him back over to just be with Sony and the villains that they've already, you know, um, created a universe for. And then that's it for him being in the MCU. I think this was just to get the, the character, um, you know, some good press, some good publicity behind the character again, and then bring him back. So that's why I calmed down on being so upset because I'm like, well, if he's only yeah. in, you know, a four-picture deal with the MCU, I, I can't be mad at them for not fleshing out more of his characters because, honestly, if they did bring in Norman Osborn for this four-picture deal, it seems like they'd probably kill him off in, in the second movie. So that's why I'm not. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, But uh, what I will say is, like, if that is the case, and I think that is the best case scenario, what you're presenting, Juwan, um, if that is the case, then I I still go back to what Dane said is Amy Pascal needs to keep her fucking mouth shut and stop talking about, stop stop presenting it as if it's something different. You know, like, if that's the way they're going, what I kind of have hypothesized, like, then don't try to say, oh, well, we just don't want to do this character because it's been overdone. No, you don't want to do it because you want to keep it in your fucking back pocket and and bring Spidey back and make all the money off of it. And so, like, just don't don't bullshit, especially when you're not even asked a question that, that leads you to have to bullshit. You're, like, bullshitting when you don't have to, so just shut up. And, I mean, yeah. Shane, before you pass it to Kanan, I just want to say I completely agree with everything you said, Dane. When when I gave my, uh, you know, my whole reasoning, it wasn't to disagree with anything you were just saying. I was just I saying hate I you. had calmed down. <laughs> I was just saying I had calmed down. It more sense. I, I'm thinking Sony's just being very strategic, but I agree. She does not need to say anything, especially because she's not prompted. But I, I do think, and that's why I, I brought up what I brought up, I do think she's saying that because she wants them to be in her back pocket to then form a bigger universe with Sony without the MCU. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. She was supposed to bring force to the to – the, damn it, I fucked up the damn line. Screw it. <laughs> supposed to bring balance to the force, Anakin, not destroy it. I hate you! All right, um, anyways – yeah, I think that, that, that you're right. I, I think that that is a good backup plan because, all right, so if Sony does that, they build up their little universe, but they're not saying it isn't, you know, but they're not saying it is, and then they put Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies going forward. Maybe they can develop it later on. I just think that she should shut the fuck up personally. Uh, Kanan, how do you feel about it? Well, before, you know, all that news broke from Amy, uh, you know, I would. I was okay with the direction they were going because we didn't realize that it was going to be kind of this different world set up with Peter. But uh, it really feels like they're that Sony and Marvel's relationship together is not, you know, not that good. I feel like Sony kind of uh, is only giving them so much, but at the same time, you know, they're kind of like we're going to yank it back uh, when it's all said and done. And I feel like if they were going to set up this kind of alternate world and they wanted Spider-Man in the MCU, then we've had five movies with Peter Parker. Why not just go with Miles Morales? Why not just have him be the Spider-Man, he comes into Civil War, and they build a universe around him? That way, if people see this change that, between Sony and Marvel, 
they're not so up in arms because they're like, okay, you know what? This isn't Peter Parker. This is Miles. He can have this alternate kind of world. And, you know, you you also bring change that a lot of people want to see. There's a lot of positive buzz with this Miles Morales animated movie. There's a lot of people that want to see someone other than Peter Parker. So I think uh, if you were going to go that route, they should have probably talked about it and, you know, say, hey, this is the way we're going. We're going to go with Miles. And then you don't have all this negative buzz because people are like, okay, now you're shitting all over the Osbournes and you're shitting all over uh, the other villains, and now you're wanting to do Venom and Carnage, which that's fine to do a, a Venom and Carnage movie, but if Spider-Man is not involved, then what's the sense in even having it? Because Spider-Man had the black suit first. I mean, it's just like them trying to say, hey, we have the rights to these characters. Let's just make a movie. Um, I mean, like I said, that that would have been my approach to it. You want to change it? You want to allow Marvel and Sony to work together? Okay, we're not doing Peter. We'll do Miles. And then, you know, would anybody object to that? I mean, honestly, I would love to see Miles yes. Morales. So, you would object to that? Uh, well, I, I would object to it slightly. I think the Internet would object to it, like, even more so. Um, the only reason I say that is because we've never seen Peter um, in the, the way that I wanted to see Peter Parker um, as, as, like, a really young kid, like, trying to, like – make his way through life and balance everything else uh, that he's trying to do like he was originally in the comics. So, like, I, hey, I don't I, feel like we ever really got that. They rushed through it in both of their... But, I mean, if, if we're going by what he's saying, um, which was actually the opposite of my concept a while ago, you know... Right. It, no matter what, if Spider-Man goes to Sony, it's not like there's going to be, like, a universe and, like, he freaking goes and his old world is there or anything like that. They're not going to mention everything, but it's going to be kind of like how Netflix is, how, how uh, you know, you're going to have uh, this new Inhuman series, uh, you know. So, basically, you can kind of introduce Miles in these movies, and I think it's that one kid, actually, um, that's already in it. And, you know, have him set up for his own movies, or he could be going forward with stuff, and then you have the Spider-Man separate movies that are kind of their own thing. Maybe he goes, maybe Miles goes on with the Avengers, or who knows? I also had the idea that pretend that this other universe that Sony's building is kind of like the ultimate Spider-Man universe, and Peter dies, Eddie Brock already interacted with him, it's a little bit further down, and Miles Morales is now the Spider-Man that they introduce later on. There's a lot of ways that they could do it. Uh, I don't expect him to do anything creative, though, and I kind of expect him to fuck up at this point. So we <laughs> tend to do that. Hate that so, the sad truth. Who knows? <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Tomato, tamale. <laughs> uh, fuck my life. All right. Are you guys ready for the last topic that we have on here? And then we're going to go into a little bit of reviewing of a TV show we watched and some stuff that we'd like to talk about in the future. But uh, before we talk about Legion, I definitely want to talk about... Michael Bay, he's leaving Transformers. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, right. Is he? Is he? All right. Direct no, I quote. doubt it. Um, I doubt it. I doubt it. So direct, direct quote from Mr. Bay. There are 14 stories written, and there's good stuff. I would like to do one of them, though. So now we found out that there's 14 stories, not in production, but at least written. To, you know, that we already have a Bumblebee uh, standalone coming out. Uh, from but from the director of Kubo and his two strings, so I'm actually kind of like, I'm wondering about that one. And these stories have been written by people like Robert Kirkman and Steve Dignite and a bunch of other great creative minds and stuff like that. Uh, but the fact that he is still involved and it sounds like he's very uh, within the group 
Um, what's going on? I just don't fucking want these movies anymore, man. Just can we like redo them with a good director and like make it really cool? Like like get Ridley Scott on this or some shit. Like convince uh, what's his name stop doing Avatar and just come over and fucking save this shit. I know these movies make money, but I'm just done. And every time I see a trailer, I'm like, well that'd be cool, but I know that's gonna get fucked up. You know, even like when I see something cool like Optimus Prime riding a Dinobot, uh, you know, with a giant flaming sword, and I get to that part, and it's like the last ten minutes of the fucking film. That's when uh, that movie jumped the shark. And even Mark Wahlberg couldn't help it. I don't even know how. I was fucking scared, and I was like, I was like, I was like intense and everything, and really quiet still. I don't know. But uh, you yeah, fucked that movie up, Mark. Bring Shy back. <laughs> hey, I drank a Bud. Hey, hey, motherfucker! I drank a Budweiser. It was great. It was fucking great. And I talked to Tom Brady. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> Fourteen. He wants to do one of them. Nick, uh, do you have any Advil? Uh, no, but but I have some weed. You want that? <laughs> you you better Mark since Walmart, we're you know, talking about this. Um, I'm gonna play the bond. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I assume I'm gonna uh, three, man. I assume yeah. that like they're going to keep making these movies because they make money and so we're just going to have to like live with it until really until international audiences start saying no this doesn't do it for us and it's like sucks man or they because, get like, good or they get good but like the thing is man like the international audience is so fucking weird. It's so weird to like project what like China is going to love versus what they're not going to love. Um, you know, cause that's such a huge movie market now. Um, what they'll even allow into the, their country and not. Um, but they love the transformers fucking movie. Um, and then like you, you, you take like you know, different countries within Europe and everything else. It's crazy, man. It's just, it, it, baffles me. I, I find it super interesting. Um, but we're just going to keep getting them. And they're not, I, I don't think they're going to get any better. I really don't. I mean, didn't, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he, like, he didn't direct the last one, right? He was just the producer on it. On the, no, he's on the, directed all of them. Yeah, he's directed all of them. He's directed all of them? Yep. Yep. For some reason, I thought, I thought he was just the producer on the last one. Um, but like, nevertheless, like, it, like, it, they're just not—they're just bad movies. They're not good, and like everybody, like, pretty much knows they're not good, and yet, like, people still keep going to see them. And as long as that happens, they're gonna keep making money. Michael Bay is probably gonna stay involved. He's gonna act as a producer. He's gonna put like his stamp on things, and you know, it—it's—it—it's. It, 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 that's his universe. He's built it, and it's made a bunch of money, and they're going to keep letting him do what he does. And it sucks. I agree with you. I would love to get, like, some kind of reboot. Like, put Denny Villeneuve on, like, a fucking Transformers Whoa. movie. Like, that would be fucking awesome. But no, we're not going to get that. Like, Dude. best case scenario, like, we get Joel Schumacher as his replacement. You know? Oh, come on, man. Don't say that shit. Jesus. <laughs> God, uh... <laughs> You know, if maybe you look get, at the animated movie, uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get the guy who did uh, Independence Day Resurgence. What's his name? Right. Or Independence right, Day? Right. What, what the fuck? All right, all right, I, we got someone on hold. Yeah. All right, order in the court. Order in the court. Anyways. Yes, sir. We got someone on hold. 
So I want to add them uh, to a little conversation, and uh, it's probably Gerald. What do we got? It's Gerald. I was right. It is Gerald. What is up, man? All right, so uh, all these uh, these um, Transformers movies are uh, – I was going to say, and I'll pass it to you before I pass it to Juan, since we just grabbed Juan. Um, I was going to say that it just sucks to me because Paramount has the rights to – Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They have the rights to all Transformers. They have the rights to uh, Micronauts. They basically every 80s property you could think of, um, they have the rights to. So what I'm going to ask you, Gerald, is who? What, what do you what do you think about the Transformers movies? And are you scared that there's going to be 14 of them in the works, and that Michael Bay wants to do them? Um. At the end of the day, they're going to make him millions of dollars anyway. He's just going to keep dishing them out because basically Transformers, for the diehard fans, they're, the diehard fans like myself is like pretty disappointed in the franchise. But when you have a young audience like from the ages of like, you know, five to about maybe 15, they're loving it because it's like, oh, my God, Dinobots and Transforming Cards – but the fact that they're doing 14 stories is just – if you're going to do 14 stories, okay, that's fine. Then get a director that's going to make 14 fantastic movies. It's the same thing how he butchered the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like the second one apparently was so bad that Paramount was like, listen, we don't even want a third one. We You're not going to see a third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for years. So, I mean, Michael Bay, he's taking this 80s nostalgic movies. Yeah, he's making millions of dollars off them, but then, you know, you're making millions of dollars off of, you know, half-assed movies and, you know, plot lines that go from literally A to Z or, you know, B to Y without even covering what the hell is going on. So, I mean, if he wants to butcher 14 movies, that's on him, but I mean, if you're gonna put your name on something, at least find directors that's gonna give you gold instead of building you a kingdom of dirt. Very deep. I, I completely agree, though. I mean, it's just ridiculous how money influences. It's kind of like you know, just being a movie fan. I know that these movies could be both fun and actually intelligent uh, to an extent. They're sci-fi gold uh, done by a certain director. Uh, you know, it's, it's like when you listen to music and just, you know, the popular artists that are out there and, like, everything. It's just fucking annoying. Uh, uh, Juwan, how, how do you feel about all this? Are you, are you excited about the next Transformers? Well, I hope that the Transformers die along with the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. I hope they all die together. Um, as far as what Gerald was saying, uh, they're going to make another Ninja Turtles. Uh, unfortunately, the last one uh, worldwide hit 245 million so they're definitely going to make a third one um quality isn't going to be something that stops them from making more of these god-awful movies because if that were the case we definitely wouldn't be getting 14 uh transformer movies so they'll definitely make more of those stupid pieces of garbage um but as far as him doing 14 uh not him doing 14 but the studios doing 14 of these movies I don't really have an issue as long as Michael Bay's name is nowhere uh, near any of these films. I mean, like, nowhere. I, I don't want a writer credit. I don't want 
a thought logic credit. I don't want any credit to Michael Bay anywhere near uh, at least 13 of the 14 of the movies because he did say he wanted to do one of them. Um, but it's very underwhelming, the idea of them doing more. That's like them coming out and saying, hey, we're going to do 14 of G.I. Joe. It's just like, well, the two you have so far are garbage. So, yeah, no, no one's looking forward to that. Uh, you know how much I hate Michael Bay, so I'm going to stop now before I just, you know, continue to spew my hatred. I understand. Um, and, you know, the funny thing about G.I. Joe, that's another uh, thing that Paramount has the rights to. We could have, like, a literally, like, a shared badass universe. I know everyone's getting sick of shared universe, but Paramount could have had a really cool one, and they <clears throat> instead. So shit happens. Um, all right, let me ask you this, Juwan, real quick uh, before we move on. If you could have – all right, say that Zack Snyder is definitely doing Justice League 2, and somehow Michael Bay is going to be doing the next Transformers. Which one would you rather off the project before they do another one? You're saying I have to choose between somebody who what? makes good movies so, yeah, and somebody who does not? Yeah, no, I, I drive with Zack Snyder all day and every day. You allow Zack Snyder to make Justice League 3 or whatever? I'd allow Zack Snyder to make Justice League 86 before I let Michael Bay make Transformers 7. <laughs> That is well, how much I hate uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> no love for bad boys, there, man. Bad boys for life. See, see, I don't even give Michael Bay He's credit for bad movies, boys. Makes... I don't give him credit for bad boys just because Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are just that great. Like, did he make the movie the great or did those two? Gosh, what about The Rock? I mean, he wrote it. What the hell? Gerald, you could write a movie for Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. In their prime? Are you serious? They were pretty Thank much you just for the playing themselves. They were playing <laughs> I themselves. Don't I don't think that was a compliment. <laughs> Gerald, it was not a compliment. <laughs> well, then you know what? Just go back to muting me. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you guys imagine if they had uh, Chris Tucker play the role that Will Smith played in Bad Boys? I think that oh, would go back in oh, time and make that happen. Oh, God. God damn it, motherfucker! Come on. What are you doing? Nah, see they was in Rush Hour. The original part of Chris Tucker's role was Eddie Murphy. So, just be glad we got Chris Tucker instead of Eddie Murphy. Okay, yeah, Chris Tucker was perfect <laughs> for that role. Brett Ratner, crazy. Well, we're just kind of mumbling stuff. I I, I think I want to go into the next subject, guys. Uh, talk about a, a TV series that we watched. Wait, did um, did Kanan did Kanan talk about his Transformers notions? Actually, you know, we have so many people on. I might have forgot Kanan. Kanan, did I forget about you? Yes, I'm so low on the totem pole. You forgot about me. Shit. I'm sorry, man. No, seriously, as far as Transformers go, yeah, I I didn't really like Age of Extinction that much. I feel like Michael Bay just kind of threw that one together, and I don't know. They just haven't marketed this new one well at all. I mean, this one just seems like... I mean, what is the plot, really? I mean, I don't get it. Like, that, <laughs> no that's idea. how much I just have no clue. But, uh, yeah, um, I think Michael Bay should distance himself from the franchise, bring in somebody else. I think they're going to definitely continue it. It's going to make money. Uh, the international market loves giant fighting robots, and they love giant monsters. So it's going to probably make close to a billion. It'll make enough money for them to make another one. 
Uh, but hopefully Michael Bay does step back and let someone else come in. I mean, it's very possible. All right, let, let, let's go on to a X-Men related thing. Uh, but this one's not actually in the movies. Uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, word about X-Men. But there was an awesome TV show that I believed had eight episodes. Or was it nine? Eight. Uh, I'm sure one of them's. Yeah, there you go. Eight episodes called Legion. Now, I guess we're, if you haven't watched Legion, definitely watch Legion. And you can't listen forward because we're probably going to be going over spoilers. But just a very incredibly well-made TV show that borrowed so many different elements of stuff that was uh, just a weird thing. But uh, you know what? I think the person that uh, really got me to keep on going through the series and watching the rest of it was Nick. And Nick, you were excited about talking about this. So I'm going to let you lead this. Um, I, uh, I'm very excited to see where Legion goes, which is, I, I think, what we all want to talk about. We talked about um, you know, our thoughts on season one last week, and I think like uniformly we were all like, fuck yeah, this is a brilliant fucking show. Um, and, and, and just one second, I want to take one second to give a shout-out to Gerald coming in to the radio show like Dave Chappelle doing Prince, like, go back and listen to that. He was very like, what's up, guys? Like, very deep voice, like, fuck, yeah, dude. It was, it was, it was super cool, dude. I'm giving you props. I'm not throwing shade. Like, hey, seriously. Hey, how's it going, baby? Yeah, it was fucking great. Like, I loved it. Um, but nevertheless, like, Legion, like, okay. So, as Dane said, spoilers, Legion ends with, obviously, uh, the uh, Shadow King driving off into the sunset, driving down south with um, Jermaine Clement uh, fucking just, you know, going off and doing their thing, um, which I think is going to be an awesome dynamic. I think you put Jermaine Clement and Aubrey Plaza, like, as your as your kind of dynamic duo for season two, like, fuck yes. That's going to be terrific, um, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how like her character plays off of his character, which is just so he, he he's very he, he's similar to David in some ways, but but very different in a lot of others. Like namely, he's not like schizophrenic, so it'll be interesting to see how like the dynamic between their relationship plays out. And then um, you know, David obviously in the post credit scene gets captured. By the, the by, the little probe and taken away, um, and he's, you know, like all oh, fuck, let me out, what the fuck? Um, I think, honestly, if I, if I'm gonna give you like where I would absolutely love it to go, I like, I think that the general consensus is like the government, like like you know, came in, the, the people that have been tracking him down, like the whole first season came in and like tried to like snatch him up and whatnot. Um, I think it would be even cooler if they did like, like a variation. Like, if you if you're going to say like, this group is kind of the X Men esque group of of this show, like have him be captured by the Brotherhood esque element of this show. So have him be captured by a bunch of other different mutants who have more sinister agendas and try to influence him and convince him to do like those kinds of things. Um, to, like, be like, dude, no, like, we need to fuck shit up and, like, you know, like, have that kind of give another added element and then 
as all of that is happening, have David's um, multiple personalities start popping back in his head now that the Shadow King is not there to, like, basically put them at controlling secondary personality in his head. I, that is what I want to see. Um, but, Juwan, I know you love the show. What are your thoughts? What do you want to see? Well, that's funny that you say that, but Juwan actually had to leave, um, so he's not... Damn it, Juwan! Well, yeah. like, this, has anyone else, like, watched Logan from beginning to end? Like, what else does other people want to see? I watched this from beginning to end, But what are we talking Anything? about? Anything? Anybody? Legion? What 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 do you what do you, what are you try what are you trying to do? Like I mean, does anybody like anybody who's watched the show, what do you want to see happen in season two? Uh um I think my biggest thing is that I would definitely like to see them kind of go on an adventure. And I obviously think they're gonna to have to because of Bobby Plaza being on the run. I love I love the the show by the way the show was fantastic and I loved how it it finally did admit that you know his dad who he is and then the guy was like well why why are you talking to British accent he goes I don't know it just felt right and just like every like little thing they did and Dan Stevens did a great job acting so I just want them to kind of form like you said their own like little X Men team uh, to some extent or maybe actually become one of the more, less known ones I guess you could say. Uh, but he's a really cool character, and I kind of would like things to get dark, um, like even more so. Like, you know, if his girlfriend were to accidentally, tragically die or something, like, hate to be that dark. Yeah, but, like what that, yeah. what that would do to his psyche. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So like, what other, uh, yeah, that would psych- be so awesome. Psychic-based character, psychic-based characters they could bring in as an adversary. And I hope that they end it with him trying to go back in time and save his dad. Uh, you know, I know that's a long time from now. I don't think they're going to do it too many seasons, but that would be cool if that's the final result is what caused the Age of Apocalypse. But, um, Gerald, how did you feel? About uh, Legion? Yeah, and what do you want to see next year? Um, I'm really looking forward to I hope, because since FX is owned by Fox, I'm sure they can get, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart, but he really wants to do a cameo, you know, as Professor X in the show. So that I'll be looking forward to it. I also would like, you know, since obviously it's owned by Fox, um, I actually read up on the character and a lot of the events that take place in his life actually happen in his mind. So I would love to see, like, you know, you know, some epic storylines from the comic books of, you know, of Legion, like, you know, how um, there's a, a comic where he goes into the distant future and he winds up, like, killing all the X-Men and he f- winds up forming his own team. Like, I would love to see, like, a storyline like that or, you know, a storyline where he, you know, I think one of the storylines is, he winds up forming an alliance with like X twenty three and you know, they wind up getting together and stuff like that. So like I said, like a lot of the storylines that happened in his comic book life were just, you know, things that happened in his mind and he's kinda like 
I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Split, but that's basically what he is. Like he has multiple, Absolutely. you know, personalities, and each like personality has a different mutant power. That's what makes him the most powerful mutant in you know the universe. So I would like to see those different type of characters come out in the show. Yeah, and not only that, like you think about it, and uh, what's scarier is like what presented in Logan, where you have a one of the most powerful psychic minds going through um, dementia, or you have his son who is schizophrenic on top of having all this type of you know uh, telekinesis telepathy ability. But uh, I love the show. I, I love how. It, it kind of branched like Inception with X-Men, sort of, with X-Files, with just a lot of different things. And the, the way they cut it and directed all the episodes was really, really great. Can't wait to see yeah. it go forward. Uh, Kanan, Kanan um, how do, where do you want this to go? Yeah, I mean, like everybody, I think seeing a cameo from, you know, Patrick Stewart, you know, maybe once or twice in the show. But I think maybe, you know, uh, like Gerald and Nick said, kind of like doing their own, little X-Men group, maybe, uh, you know, kind of use some of the lower-tier X-Men characters that we won't see in the movies, you know, maybe introduce them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's so many different, you know, ways they can go with it. I mean, the show was huge, so, I mean, maybe next year they can expand, you know, from eight episodes to ten and uh, maybe, you know, kind of get into the mythos more of the X-Men and kind of give us you know, a, a deeper look into the other mutants that, you know, we, we don't know about, maybe introduce some newer ones. I would love for that. That would be great. And yeah. um, I just, you know, when talking about the Patrick Stewart thing, I would love it for there to be a scene where they walk by each other, they don't even know each other, but they start having like a little bit of conversation. And maybe like Patrick Stewart says something to him in passing and that's it. And maybe, uh, this is really, really getting sweaty, guys. Maybe, like I said at the end, when he goes back in time, it's McAvoy just, you know, kind of have it, like having a conversation with Michael Fassbender's Magneto, and they do the same exact thing from the comics where he tries to shoot Magneto. Professor X jumps in front of him, and then he fades out of existence. And then you have, like, Professor X or James McAvoy's Professor X dying on the ground, and the show just ends, and that's it, instead of, like, obviously going to Age of Apocalypse. That's what I would like to see. But I don't. I don't. Movies honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're going to go any of those routes. I don't. I don't think they're going to be so Nick. stringently. I don't. I just don't think they're going to be so stringently tied to the comics. Like I think, like you're going to take this character from the comics and you're going to give it to Noah Hawley and you're going to let him run with it and you're going to let him do what he does. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to you know whatever this guy who did Fargo. Um, and uh, something else that escapes me that was awesome. Um, but, I mean, he's he's working on this, and, like, I think you just give him that character and say, do it. Um, I got a question uh, for you guys. Um, where do you think this takes place? Because, obviously, like, the fashion is, is very, like, almost late 60s, early 70s kind of fashion, uh, especially, like, his sister, like, with that that get-up she's wearing when they, when she walks in to meet him at the prison. Um, but but you hear, like, mentions of, like, email, um, and then when um, when uh, the, the, the guy who's the memory guy goes back into the past, or he's, he's like, uh, talking about his mother to the Shadow King, like, he 
is basically like uh, talking about like her death and how he can remember it because he remembers everything. And they're playing a song from 1984. So like you get all of these little nuggets that are like from complete different time structures. Like where do you really think this takes place? Or does it matter? Um, it's either like Gotham in which they just don't have a time period. They have cell phones, but they drive all the old cars. Um, something that they did on, that they based it off of what Batman the Animated Series with like old 20s gangster cars, but like, you know, all mm-hmm. modern technology. Either that or maybe 90s, like early 90s, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe I can't place it, and but but honestly, I... I I kind of love it, like, just for the fact that it, like, it, it, I, I feel like it was a, it was almost like a, a plot point that kind of kept you on your feet throughout the show until they introduced the little bits of things, and, like, I think they mentioned email in, like, the sixth or seventh episode, um, and, like, that was, like, kind of the final thing that brought it into, like, okay, well, this is definitely happening, happening within you know, the past 20 years. Um, but, like, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was, like, great little aspect to trying to keep you on your toes throughout the saga. I agree. Uh, Gerald, what time period do you think this was in? I mean, like, I can just agree, like, the, the clothes kind of looked like 60, 70s. But I'm going to just go with the fact that because his mind is so messed up, he probably has different, like, um, he's schizophrenic, and he also has a multiple, uh, what the disorder is when he has multiple characters speaking in his mind. I yeah, feel not like, a reliable um, narrator. Yeah. So I feel like there is no definite timeline because each of the characters that are living in his head are, are from different timelines. So it's kind of like throwing off the viewer. So I think it takes place in modern time, but we just get different aspects of the the characters that are living in his mind. So like one character may live in the 60s, so they give him like the 60s or 70s look, and then you've got like modern technology. So it could just be, you know, basically, I feel like he kind of lives in like a paradox of like multiple times. So it could be from either the 70s to 2017, but who really knows? But I honestly think the show is just taking place in his mind. That's what I'm going to go with. That's some deep-ass yeah. shit, man. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Kanan, what, what, what do you think about that? What time period? Or do you think it's in his mind? Yeah, actually, if you'd went to me first, I was going to say the exact same thing Gerald did. I agree 100%. I think we're just seeing what he's projecting and uh, you know, that's why you're getting the different tidbits. You're kind of getting the, the fashion from one era. You're getting the technology from another, uh, you know, just because he, he is so messed up. So, yeah, Ger- yeah Gerald Ned, uh, nailed it. He, he explained it, you know, exactly the way I, I'm, I'm feeling that it is. So do you all think that it will be, like, that that will be brought to the audience's attention, like, later down the road that, that like, all of these different, like, like maybe not, like, so directly, like, not ham-fisted, but, like, it, at least in some aspect that, like, 
his mind is 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 making us uh, us the audience see things that in in his perspective that aren't necessarily like the realist perspective. Do you think like that will somewhat tie in to like this whole um, uh, different fashion trend and music trend and everything else as far as like this this amalgam of of different time periods that is mixed in? Do you think do you think that will come to fruition in the show? I I, I have wanted to know. That, uh, well, I was like, say, from I what they're saying, they will, I don't. Just Dane. All right. From, from from what they're saying, I, I actually would like it to be completely different every single time. I hope I hope it shows that's all in his head, kind of subtly. Uh, sorry, can't. Can't. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say that I hope they I hope they don't because it kind of gives us that uh, mystery, you know that mystery of if that is what it is. Plus, you know, you kind of get that trippy vibe uh, for each episode. So, no, I mean, if that is something that they reveal, I kind of hope it's going to be when the series ends that we see that that that's everything that he saw was just you know what he was projecting, and then we kind of because if they kind of let us know now, I mean, that may kind of kill some of the lore of the show. I mean, people. You know, like that trippy type uh, vibe that the show had. So no, I think for right now they should just keep it the way it is. Keep everybody guessing. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I could see that too. Was that everyone? Has everyone been asked that question? Gerald. Can we move on. Gerald. Huh? Gerald, get asked that question. More question. Basically, do you think that like? Like the the fact that everything that there's this alternate um, uh, visual that that we are provided as the audience because of how crazy the narrator is um, will kind of be brought to fruition in in future episodes. Like it'll it'll at least be alluded to if not explained um, because. He is seeing things in his own perspective, which we are, we, the audience are seeing, which includes like these different time frames. So we get a bit of 60s, a bit of 70s, a bit of 80s, a bit of 90s, a bit of present. Um, but like we'll we'll kind of see that coalesce at least from a perspective of um, uh, him having some kind of revelation that makes us realize that. Uh, yeah, I, like the only reason why I couldn't really hear the question because I just kept hearing mute on mute like in my ear. So, um, well, yeah, definitely. But I think they're gonna announce that to the audience in the most subtle way. Yeah, like he goes and like just tells his girlfriend, like you know, I don't even know that you even exist because a lot of the things that happen in my life are just in my mind. Like he could just be sitting in a room imagining. You know, everything that's happened around him, we don't know. But like like I said, I honestly think they're going to reveal, if they do reveal this, that these things take place in his mind, they're going to do it like in a subtle way where it's just like, like it's not going to be like a fantastic reveal. It's going to be like, yeah, this happens in my mind, but it's going to be in such a creative way where it's going to keep the audience like in awe. Yeah, definitely, man. I could definitely see that. Definitely see that. It's gonna be very, very cool to see what happens with Legion going forward. But uh, we got we got a little bit of time left. Uh, I'm just gonna ask you guys a random question. You guys can give me your answer, and then uh, we'll start going into the ending of the show. Uh, so the question: 
if you could take, and it can be from either the MCU, it can either be from the DC um, side of things, it can either be from the Fox X-Men universe, but what character that has not been mentioned to be in development would you like to see the most come into one of those universes? Don't go to you first. You want to hear everyone else's? No, I just I just want to be able to think about it. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, I'll go first real quick uh, just because he's one of my favorite characters, and I think that he's going to bad. Um, or people have misconceptions about him as being like a viable character to have for a movie, and that's the Martian Manhunter, one of my favorite characters from DC. Um, the man is an my alien. My favorite DC character. Oh. Huh? It's my favorite DC character. It's like my number one. He's good. I'm never going to be able to talk that, that nowadays. He's, he's someone that's a private investigator detective who works his ass off in the, in the, the streets of of uh, Gotham, you know, finding all this type of stuff. So he's got like that neo-noir. He's also an alien. So uh, I, I would have Denny Villeneuve direct the movie. I think he's the perfect person to do it. I would have it very much a crime drama that kind of goes sci- sci-fi some way within the film, and he's so cool. You could have different actors play him, and it's not going to be bitched about because he's a shapeshifter. So he's definitely someone I would like to see. I mean, Idris Elba's kind of like over overdone for that, but I uh, definitely wouldn't mind seeing him play him or Ken Watanabe or, or Donnie Yen or certain, certain actors like that. But uh, Nick, would you like to go second? Yeah, I got this. Um, okay, go for it. As far as, like, a character, and as far as, uh, I'll give a little bit of a pitch, too. Um, I would like to see Carnage. Um, I just, I, who doesn't want to see Carnage on the big screen? And honestly, like, there was this big kind of brouhaha rumor recently with Life being, like, a prequel to, to Venom. Um, yeah. And I, I, I would like a prequel Carnage. I would just like to see Cletus Cassidy be a super crazy fucked up serial killer. Um, and Sony could make that movie on a super, super low budget. Like, you could make a Cletus Cassidy movie and just call it Carnage. Like, you don't have to might be make it. wrong with you. Uh, dude, I think this is a great idea. Call it, call it Carnage and, and make Cletus Cassidy, just, like, be a serial killer and go around and kill people and, and make it be about, like, a detective trying to find him. Like, that that's a tried-and-true script. It's very, like, Hannibal Lecter-esque, all that shit. And, like, you, you have that, and then, and, like, at the very end of the movie, post-credit scene, he walks into a jail cell, and, like, he meets his fucking cellmate, and... Who do you think it is? It's fucking Venom. Uh, it's fucking Eddie Brock. Yeah. He's fucking sitting there in the jail cell, and he meets him, and then that, like, boom, cut. And, like, the audience would be like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, that would be awesome. I, got it. I, I have to agree with you. Um, that would be pretty fucking cool. Um, especially, like, I, I could have seen, like, a, a young Woody Harrelson uh would have played a really good Carnage, I think, or Cletus Cassidy in a movie. Brought some yeah. depth to it, if you will. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, and, and, and there's so many actors who can oh, play sorry. him now. The, good, the fucking Dexter dude, he could fucking kill it. Michael C. Hall, definitely. Kanan, 
Who's yeah. that who's that character from any of the uh, comic book companies you'd like to see used that has not been used yet? Get it? Bum bum bum. Is that yeah, yourself? my my pick oh. would be uh uh Doctor Doom. I just wanna see Doctor Doom done right. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. I could I could definitely agree with that. So we got Martian Manhunter, Doctor Doom. What's your pick, Nick? Uh, Carnage, but I can definitely see like yeah. Doctor Doom in the MCU doing the like rise of is it Latvia, whatever his country is. Um, I forget the name yeah. of it. Uh, um, Latvia. Uh, yes. Latvia. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but, uh, Gerald uh, or Latvia. What, what, that would be cool. Look, uh, Gerald, what would be your choice? All right, my choice will be the original. Uh, super Soldier Isaiah Bradley. Um, okay. For most of you guys, for most of you guys who don't know him, he was basically the original Captain America. He was actually the first act, first black Captain America before uh, Falcon became Captain America in the comics. He was basically forced against his will to take the Super Soldier he's, serum. He's a young. To he's help. young patriots. Uh, uh, like. Granddad, right? Uh, the one that led yeah. the Young Avengers. Yeah, he's uh, basically his grandson becomes best friends with like Steve Rogers in the future. But like, I would like to see him actually in the you know the MCU. Like, basically, you know, they can either kill off you know Steve Rogers or you know actually have the Super Soldier Serum like start to kill him and they freeze him, and then you know basically. Iron Man and the rest of the team are like, what are we going to do without a Captain America? And that's when Sam Jackson just appears out of the shadow. I'm like, you know, you thought we only had one super soldier, and he reveals that, you know, they had one on ice, you know, since basically World War II, and they reveal Isaiah Bradley, and they wind up picking him up to speed, and he winds up becoming a new Cap. So I would love to see a storyline like that. I doubt it will happen, but I would like to see him in the MCU. Hey, super sweaty, but I like it. I I definitely will mention that, especially for TV shows from DC, I would love to see someone do Static and someone to do uh, Batman Beyond eventually. I, I'm always going to keep on saying that. I, I feel like they're characters are going to be utilized. And I would love to see Captain Marvel, the male one, and Sentry eventually for, for Marvel. As far as X-Men, I mean, they've used most, but the ones that they haven't used the right way the first time, they should probably use the correct way this time. Juggernaut. Juggernaut, yeah, Juggernaut Beach. Yeah, not that one. Um, But, uh, all right, I'm going to go down the line and see what else you guys would like to throw in there and just uh, say goodnight to the audience. All right, so, Gerald. Mm Mm-hmm. Say goodnight to the some closing statements. Give us us a sexy, like, you know, nice, like, lullaby song and that deep voice of yours. Wow, wow. Um, Honestly, I just want to say to you know to the Geek Live family, let let's just keep pushing forward. We got a lot of amazing guests. I would never think that we'll be talking to like you know the creators of Luke Cage and you know celebrities like you know Keo Thompson and you know stuff like that. So if we can keep right, going. Cool. We can definitely make this into like a you know. It's already a mogul. We just got to get our name out there to, like, the, the big names. But 
we keep pushing the way we're doing. I could see we, you know, us having a show, you know, on streaming on Hulu or maybe even Netflix. So big ups to everybody who's a part of this and much love to you guys. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Nick. Geek Vibes Nation. We're fucking rolling along. It's fucking awesome. This has been a fun show. I've very much enjoyed it. Um, I've got a couple articles coming out next week. Uh, we are either in the works or have worked out our own website, which I think is fucking awesome. Like, we now have our own website, our own, like, fucking platform with which to tell our own fucking stuff, uh, and that will interconnect with this. It'll interconnect with the Facebook page um, that, you know, we all have a part in, the Twitter page, which Canaan runs, um, all of this different stuff blowing up. It's going to be a fun ride, guys. Just jump on the bandwagon, and let's all fucking ride there together. It's going to be fucking awesome. And when you listen to Led Zeppelin, you know, the whole entire way there, I think, I think that'd be the best thing. Immigrant. An immigrant song over and over again. Kanan, tell everyone yeah, I just want to say that a couple it, things. Yes, I do. I'd just like to say that, uh, you know, since I've come on, you know, Geek Vibe Nations, we've, we've definitely grown. It's been fun. We've got a lot of great things coming. And, you know, Geek Vibe Nations is a runaway train. And you're either on the train with us, or you're on the tracks. So if you want to get your ass run over, you can stand on the tracks. But, you know, we're doing big things, and it's only going to get better. Juwan's working his ass off. I mean, we're promoting, we're doing stuff. So it's, you know, we want everybody to be on board. And, you know, if if this ain't for you or you don't like it, then, you know, too bad. But we're, we're getting it done. And so it's, it's been fun. I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. And, I think we've all, you know, kind of gelled together and we're doing what we have to do to to make it successful. And the content is good. I think we bring it every week. Um, and, you know, they people out there, they have no clue who we've got coming. But when they do, they're going to see that we're serious. So, you know, we're not, we're not playing. We just ain't here to talk every week. You know, we're, we're here to get shit done. So, we're not fucking around, basically, and I completely agree with you, Cannon. Thanks, everyone, as always, for listening in. And uh, just keep on listening to our shows. Every Saturday at 8, we get Geek Vibes Live. On Wednesdays, we got Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Lots of stuff on YouTube. You'll enjoy it. Thank you so much, and keep the Geek Vibes be with you.